What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. We decided to eventually FaceTime and we just we started discussing like what have you been doing doing during quarantine i was like uh i was like really hesitating because he didn't know that i was the founder actually one of the first few texts he sent me was like i feel like a fraud now and then i just like giggled in the inside <laughs> he had no idea you have no idea <laughs> This is Podvocative. That music is so vibey. I just want to keep bopping you, to it. No, literally, you did such a good job. The first time you sent me the music, so she still found this freelancer who put this music together for us. And the first time she sent it to me, I literally was like dancing around my room. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's you so know, good. one question that I keep getting from anyone, who's this guy? I didn't think that that would, would be a question because it sounds like just like a professional. Like it doesn't sound like one of our friends or something. Like yeah, that. so that is our wonderful freelancer who made this music for us. Um, and he's a professional voice recorder. So we're like, your voice sounds a hundred times better than my raspy voice and Farheen's voice too so my, yeah. you didn't give my voice an accent yeah I was gonna say high-pitched but yours it is, is high-pitched high pitched. <laughs> yeah so we are so excited that you all are tuning into our first ever episode, episode of one podvocative my mom has already emailed me saying when is the next episode coming <laughs> out it's so cute <laughs> so yeah we just wanted to introduce ourselves today and then we give all of our guests a funny awkward question to begin with so we're going to answer the question what our favorite podcast is yeah so, that's sorry, not a funny do you wanna... or awkward question but we'll <laughs> answer it today also um fair warning for you guys the funny awkward question that i asked cms today you'll hear is very awkward and not that funny because I was improvising and thinking of it on the spot. So I talk really slow because you can tell I'm trying to find the end of my sentence. And then the ending was really stupid. So that's an apology in advance. But um, okay, so we also never went through our voices. So I'm Farheed speaking right now. And what is my favorite podcast? I listen to a lot of true crime. So Crime Junkie is a classic. Dateline sometimes. So my name is Sheetal, and my favorite podcast, I have two. So I love Just a Tip from Megan Batoon, um, and then Armchair X-Pod from Dax Shepard and Monica. So Sheetal, tell the people, what have you been up to this week in quarantine? This week in quarantine, honestly, working and then editing a lot, um, and then FaceTiming my baby niece which I'm forever going to talk about. Sorry to all my friends. Honestly, I'm meeting. Yeah, she still has like a two-week-old baby niece, by the way, you guys. She's going to talk about <laughs> her a lot, and we're okay with it. <laughs> um, yeah, what have you been doing? Anything more exciting than I? No. Uh, <laughs> I, um, same, working, obviously, a bunch of editing, interviewing for the pot. Oh, no, I do have something exciting. My tweet went viral. 
Go find her on Twitter and retweet her. <laughs> so you guys, viral for me means like six favorites because I'm really not active on Twitter. But I passed a thousand likes. Oh my god. My co-host is literally famous. <laughs> for those of you that haven't seen this tweet on your timeline, I mean, I would be surprised because it is famous now. But I was really annoyed that a lot of people were going and eating at restaurants with their friends as if coronavirus doesn't exist anymore. So I just was subtweeting and I was like, posting yourself eating out at restaurants with your friends right now is embarrassing content. Mm-hmm. I have little else to share. <laughs> All right, I think we can jump into episode one. Yes, so we are talking to people who we are going to refer to as CMS. CMS is Cake Meat Sherbet, which is a play on the fact that on special occasions, Ismailis will often have cake and a drink called Sherbet that we have in Jamatkana, which now Sheetal can describe CMS and actually what Jamatkana is also. So we realized we didn't ever really go into exactly what CMS is. So you fill out your name, you fill out a set of questions, and then basically those questions get evaluated for your personality. And they um, send you matches based on who they think you'll get along with. So, you know, you put your preferences, you put what you do, what you like, what you value, and then they try to find someone with similar preferences or similar interests. Not like a regular dating app because you don't choose who you like. They kind of give it to you based on your questions. So now Jamatkana. So Jumaatkana is a place where smileys gather together to pray and also for special occasions, for celebrations. So that's just our basically our central meeting point. Yeah. So like Shizu mentioned, it's where we go for both prayers and social events and everything in between. So you will hear that word today a few times. Um, and then something else you'll hear that we should probably define up front, the word Rishta Anti. So Rishta Anti is someone who in the Smiley community, she's like made it her job. I mean, she doesn't get paid to match other people. So basically a matchmaker. People will come to her and say like, oh, my son is single, my daughter is single. And her job is to look through her database of other single people and try to figure out like, okay, well, this person's your age, this person's your age, whatever. And then pass those along. Yeah. So I am curious, Farhi. No, stop. <laughs> I'm curious, why do we choose CMS for episode one? Uh, Okay, Um, you guys will hear us say I'm curious a lot in this episode. We are so sorry. Um, Yeah, it's very, it made us cringe a lot too. We used it as a crutch, but we were curious a lot in this episode. We were were way too curious. Yeah, we vowed to never use the phrase I'm curious in a recording ever again. Actually, I don't know if we can vow to that. We'll try. Okay, so why did we choose CMS as episode one? So CMS is really unique because they started something that hasn't really been done before in terms of creating a matchmaking service for millennials. They're getting a ton of traction. They're getting a lot bigger. And I think they have like over 500 people in their database now trying to get matched up. So we wanted their take on smiley dating and modern smiley romance and I think Sheetal will agree this is one of our more lighthearted episodes, a little bit of a lighter topic before we dive into some other things that might be a little heavier. Yeah, and I think I think even just like starting out with really unspoken topics, a lot of the stuff we do discuss is like, why is it so awkward to talk about dating in the Smiley community? And they they really go through in the episode and kind of deconstruct a lot of that. I think yeah. we got into a lot of 
good stuff with them. Yeah. And when our episode comes out, you guys will have known who the founders of CMS are. They have kept their identity a secret for a very long time. And we dive into their decision and why they did that in the episode. But we have a never before told, nobody outside of Sheetal and I knows this story, not even the founders of CMS. We have <laughs> So they're going to be hearing this the first they're time. They're hearing this too. for the first time. And they think we found out their identities about two weeks ago. My mom and one of the founders of CMS, who you'll hear from today, my mom and her mom are really good friends. And I don't think her mom realized maybe that she wasn't supposed to tell my mom or my mom didn't realize that she wasn't supposed to tell me because their identities were secret. But my mom came to me that day and she was like, do you know this this matchmaking thing, sure, but something. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, so-and-so started it with her friend. And she told me that back in February. So I obviously immediately told Sheetal, and we have known for three months ever since then. Yeah, so that is the funny story of how we found out. And we really hope you enjoy this episode. It was a fun one to record, and we're excited. Yeah, no, have fun with it. This is our first episode. If there's anything that you want to see or any feedback you have, please kindly you tell to us. You slide, slide into our DMs. Yep. Yeah. Um, have fun listening. Let us know what you think. I'm not going to plug and say subscribe or give us a five-star rating. But, 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 you, but you are. <laughs> but I am. And do it. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's roll with, with the episode now. I think they've heard enough of our voices. Here we go. Super excited to have you guys on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We're so excited to hear about your initiative, why you started it. Thanks for having us. Before we dive in too deep, we wanted to do a quick round of intros. So we wanted to go through and ask, what is your name? what you do for a living, and then we want you to tell us what your favorite brand of milk is. Hi, I'm Anam, and I'm affectionately called Cake uh, by our enterprise. I am from Houston, and my favorite brand of milk is now Oatly. I've been converted by one of my friends who's a great oat milk enthusiast and also a member of our team. And so I'm actually a consultant for deals in capital markets and mergers and IPOs and transactions such as those. But the real kind of deals I want to do are marital. So (laughs) Mm, good one. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So I'm Nana. I'm Sherbeth in this pair. And I'm from Dallas originally, but now I live in Houston. And I'm a chemical engineer. I work in aerospace. But honestly, CMS has been a lot more exciting than that recently. (laughs) And my favorite brand of milk, honestly, I just like the classic cow milk. And so Kroger brand, probably. Great. So give us a little background on how you both met, how you dreamed up this idea and concept, and how you brought it to fruition. We actually went to Aluma together in 2011. We didn't really talk that much back then, but we reconnected when she came to to Houston for college. In terms of the inspiration we had, we actually just have so much fun setting up our friends. And we realized there was a real need for this. You know, we didn't think that there was a proper dating site or app that was just for this particular demographic. And we realized a lot of our friends were specifically looking for a smileys. And so that's how we identified this to be an untapped market. 
What were your dating lives like, you know, like in terms of dating when these, within the smiley community? Is it something you had done, something you hadn't done? Is it something you were struggling with? Is it something that you were like, I just want my parents to set me up? Yeah, that's a good question. And you're kind of right. So Anam did have this idea a long time ago. And she's always been obsessed with matchmaking. But for me personally, I didn't really start like trying to seriously date is smileys at least till after college. And so me and a few of my friends tried a lot of the apps out there like Juro, Minder, and mm-hmm. even Bumble. So we found that those made dating feel like hard work just because it didn't have the demographic that we were looking for, right? Like it was hard to find a smileys on there and it's difficult to just tell from their profiles even if whether they're a smiley or not. So that was difficult. And then the other aspect of it was that swiping on people just felt very superficial. It felt addicting in a bad way and kind of mostly like a waste of time more so than a good option for meeting people. So we really wanted to come up with something better. I get that. Okay. Yeah. Ad- additionally, like my mom is a is a Rishla auntie and she is still, a lot of people use her her service and her like network to meet people. And I think it's really crazy that even in this technological age we depend on these rich aunties to make these introductions and i think it made it pretty clear that there's a need for this to me yeah no yeah. nana i was gonna ask you your mom is literally a rich auntie like is this you carrying this on was she super excited that you're doing this yeah when i when i started it i didn't really even think of it that way but then i think i'm slowly realizing that I'm turning into my mom and it's scaring me a little bit. um, (laughs) The reason we created this platform is because there is a need, but we're not talking about like our parents' need or like even a Rishta auntie's need. We're talking about like the millennial for like a real connection, whether that's in a friend or a future partner. Because we know like, especially after talking to our friends, young people want to find a connection, but they're afraid to admit it. Yeah. So what do you think are unique challenges that can come with choosing to date within your own community, your own faith, your own religion? Yeah. Do we have like a unique set as a smileys of challenges that we face? Yeah. One thing I noticed off the bat, this challenged my own assumptions where I asked friends and I was like, why, why can't you casually date amongst the smileys? Like, why does there have to be like a whole love layer of commitment that is like there? Yeah, there's totally. This additional pressure because I didn't understand it. I was like, I, I would, I would find dating just the same outside of the community as within the community in my head. But it turns out people were saying that your parents would tend to take that relationship more seriously because they okay. like they're yeah. more invested because your partner is a smiley. That's one component. The other one is because we're such a small community, world word travels fast. And, you know, it is a network, but it's like if you date someone within one friend group, you know, everyone else in that friend group is kind of like no longer fair game, in, at least in some people's eyes, because of, you know, loyalties and friendships. So it's just like an interesting dynamic where, you know, you have mm-hmm. to be careful with who you date and like how much pressure that increases with your parents knowing or being invested in that relationship so I think that's one aspect of it yeah I think it's hard to be anonymous or like yeah. hard to date yeah someone that none of your friends know right so yeah I think that's... we all have like at least like 30 mutual friends with literally any given yeah. everyone Everything. yeah that's basically, yeah. That's basically how our marketing team of oh who do you know it just never ends because yeah I think that when it yeah when it does come to smileys guys are more cautious it's really interesting to see even some of the feedback we got one guy said you know it would be helpful if y'all could make the introduction to my matches because I didn't feel he said he didn't feel comfortable like 
sliding into someone's dms because like you know that's a very like common modern dating phenomenon but he's like yeah. especially when it comes to smileys he's like i don't feel comfortable trying to reach out to a girl you know via this way um and he's like i'd rather have interesting you the introduction and so it's like interesting because smileyism is connected with tradition and it's so like you know yeah ingrained in that so when you are dating in that community it's hard to bring in those modern practices and like try to like it just doesn't work the same way which is really interesting and I don't know I guess part of our platform is like kind of like an east meets west thing and we're trying to normalize human social relations in the western context in a very traditional community and like it's just so interesting to see the dynamic between the two because like we do live in the western society and we do interact with like western dating practices but how does it look like when you apply that to like your faith community it's very different yeah and that's kind of the reason we we didn't go for an app too because that does feel very western and very you know because it's mostly superficial you're swiping on pictures we wanted to emphasize the values and all the other aspects that are important right so going off of that i i'm curious have you learned about general trends within ismaili dating or things that you didn't expect to see We found across the board, people prioritize ambition, firstly, secondly, humor, Mm. and then finally, religiosity. And so it's like interesting that these were like, like overall trends, like this mattered to people so much. But it it actually makes sense if you think about it, because if you compare like criteria that our generation looks for versus what our parents' generation might have prioritized. And like, you know, we benchmarked by asking some parents uh, what they would look for for their child when they're looking for like a partner. And they said like financial stability. So that goes in hand with ambition. Someone who is a smiley and like, you know, committed to being religious. And so like religiosity comes into play and then just like them being a good person and that kind of you know connects to like having a sense of humor and personality so it's like it's not too different from you know the prior generation and that's one thing that we found really interesting oh that's interesting that you were able to pull like wish these quote-unquote like, <laughs> you know, what, what yeah. their, like their algorithm is even yeah. a very manual process you know our we serve them too. We don't like to talk about it, but they are one of they are part of our clientele. In fact, Rishonkis have been really helpful in spreading our website on their WhatsApp. Really? So we're just letting it market. Wow. Itself. Wait, I didn't even think of that. So you have like yeah. aunties and uncles like sending it to their friends to give to their single children? Yeah, they're they're filling it out on behalf of them <gasps> too. Oh my wait, so how wondering. do you troubleshoot that? You so how do you know if the answers are truly honest if they've been done by a family member or a parent that may not know what their child really prefers or does or wants? I mean, I think to a certain degree, I don't think this is happening in the masses. I think it might be like an isolated example here and there. And that's mm. I mean, that's a question we gen- generally have to deal with. Like people aren't gonna be a hundred percent honest even if they're answering for themselves. Just because that's what people do. But, you know, we're just an introduction service. We're not really a, we're not trying to get it right 100% of the time. I mean, I'm sure. What success rate would you be happy with? Do you have anything in mind that you're like, oh, if like 50% of the matches worked out or or do do you have like a percentage but I will say I think our idea of success is like two people connected you know whether that is they had a great texting conversation hopefully they FaceTimed and maybe they realized that they weren't you know meant to be or you know they're better off as friends but we just want to see that connection 
And I think that we do definitely, that's a good question though. We do definitely need to figure out a better way to like track our success. But it's also hard because relationships take time. We're doing something right. You're not going to see results immediately. A lot of people have reached out to us and thanked us for even starting this. Wow. So I think that's success in my books too. So I wanted to ask, how do you address the certain population that probably I'm assuming exists that believe that they still want to have the organic experience and don't like, you know, this orchestration or setup from these platforms of like dating apps? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I feel like that's something Nana and I have explored too, because I'm very much old school. And I'm like, well, I prefer to meet someone organically in my life. Like, I don't really want to go through a dating app. But I guess she made me realize like, it is the 21st century. And like, everyone meeting does people. It. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, it is its own world. And it's it's also like, a form of meeting people outside of, you know, like in in person. And it could just be as organic in the sense that you're, you know, trying to get to know someone. Yeah. And, and even our, a lot of our parents had arranged marriages and that was an organic. Yeah. Out, <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> yeah. No, completely. I mean, even yeah. like things like just having your friends set you up, right? Like a blind date or have your friends like introduce you to their friends. Like even that is not a hundred percent organic, mm-hmm. but like, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm always encouraging my friends and stuff to try it out because I feel like you have such a, a limited access day-to-day to people like you have your friend circle and then their network and then you have your daily commute to work and it's like <laughs> if you're not meeting anyone at work or you know in your yeah. curricula then it's like you're so limited in your that's it like, yeah reach to right. people and it's yeah. a numbers game so yeah we're just yeah. trying to help you with your odds so since this is entirely just obviously for smileys and within the smiley community, I'm interested to hear from your perspective, why do you think so many of us value only dating within our smiley community? Where do you think that stems from? For me personally, it's important for someone to understand me and to know my background and not think it's weird. And so people within the community kind of understand that a little bit better. And I mean, other people I've been with have have been accepting of of being a smiley, but they still wouldn't go to Jamath kind of with me. So I think it kind of just goes along with what you're looking for. And and you kind of just learn that as you get older and as you experience different things. And I think that's valid. But I think I know a lot of people who maybe aren't that religious, or I'm sure you've seen a ton of people on your form mm-hmm. who don't go to Jamatkana that much, or who don't take you know their faith into huge account when they're meeting someone or trying to date, but yet they're still on an Ismaili dating site. You know what I mean? So do you think that it's instilled in us, just like hardwired in us that we should be with Ismailis? Because even people who don't practice a whole lot are, are still value Ismaili relationships. And I think that's something that's really, really interesting. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of that as well. I think part of that is like we value like we we go to Jamatkana for the prayer aspect, but that's not the only aspect. There's definitely a very, very strong social component. And so I think people gravitate towards having a partner that is within like a large part of their primary social circle. And I think that's like that's that's why there it's a big part of it. Yeah, I can see that because yeah, there are so many social events that maybe you would want someone who kind of understands and can be in part of those even if the faith part isn't a big part of your life. So yeah, that makes sense. And we're planning to have like mingling events. So I don't see why anyone that's like super interested in mingling with Ismailis and wants to learn more about the faith couldn't attend that because that's not something like super exclusive. Yeah. Tell us about the mingling events. What is that? It's called the Falu Dating Virtual Speed Dating Event. And honestly, that was 
possibly more successful than our original platform. Like people made a lot of really good connections just by meeting each other in person. It kind of offers people a different experience. If people keep asking, especially think the older, like 30 plus group, when is your next event? When is your next event? And we're like, oh, wow. At first, we just thought of it as a one-time thing. And now it seems like, you know, it's going to be more periodic. Judging even by the feedback of our own CMS team, like we had people participating from our own team. They loved it. And they were like, I connected with one person. She was like, I connected with five people and I have all of their numbers. And then another guy on our team said he talked to 12. So do you want to do these in person? How would that, like, obviously post-COVID, would you do one where it's like this huge, like national event and people from all over the country fly in and at the giant singles retreat oh that that could be really interesting in fact <laughs> if you guys ever saw beat the patels he's like in the in the documentary they feature like this marriage convention for patels and so they literally have a speed networking event for just their community and i was like why don't we have that as a smiley <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> truly that would be a hit that'd be awesome all power to you if you can <laughs> that would be crazy logistically but that would be quite so the fun, event though. that would be it would be fun i mean i think you could even market it as just like a retreat and then whoever's single it'll probably be all singles but people can just show up without necessarily needing to yeah, leave with like a yoga camp or something yeah you have to speed date while you do all these different activities <laughs> all right should we take a quick break for our rapid fire so this rapid fire round it's going to be really quick you'll have two minutes. We have a set of 12 questions and your goal is to get through as many as possible. Just tell us the first word or phrase that comes to your mind for each question and both of you can answer. Ready? Three, two. What is your favorite form of potato? Fries. What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. <laughs> what is something you should do but you probably won't Remember. go around to? <laughs> Clean my Lasting. Room. What? She said fasting. I said fasting. Fasting. Okay. Uh, (laughs) What is your go-to order at your favorite restaurant? Oh, butter chicken. Mac and cheese. If you were an inanimate object, what would you be? A potato. Okay. Uh, This is not for the current environment that we're in, but window or aisle? Oh, um... uh, Window. Window. Every time. If you were famous, what would you be famous for? If you don't say matchmaking, I'll be upset. I was going to say matchmaking, but I was trying to come up with a new If you could raid one person's closet, whose would it be? Kylie Jenner. At what age did you learn the most about yourself? Fourth grade. 22. What did you say, 23? No, I said fourth grade. I started writing. We have like oh, six wow. seconds. What TV sitcom family would you be a part of? Modern Family. And that's time. Y'all got 10 out of 12. Not bad at all. All right. And we're back with more questions for our founders from CMS. Thank you guys for doing Rapid Fire with us. And let's get back into it. I know you said you have an option of like, are you trying to have fun or you're casual or you're looking for a partner? Do you think that actually exists? I think so. I think especially for our younger Jamaat, you know, like nobody expects these 20 year olds to get married, you know, next Mm, year. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I what makes sure you kind of question that, though? I'm just, like, curious. I'm so. just curious because I feel like maybe if I was, like, a little younger, not that I'm, like, so old and, like, ready for marriage, but, like, <laughs> if I was, like, 21 or 22, I don't know if I would go on, like, a more serious, you know, a smiley-only dating website. Maybe I would. Yeah. Be very, and, yeah. like, when I was I, in my younger 20s, uh-huh. I was very open to, like, meeting all kinds of people Versus yeah. now, I'm like, you know, whenever I'm ready to settle down, I know I do want to end up with an Ismaili. So it's like a different, it's a mindset yeah. shift. And I don't know if a lot yeah. of Yeah, well, interestingly, like we drew in a lot of, like, 20-year-olds and, like, young young girls and guys. And, like, we were like, oh, my God. Like, at first, our platform was 21 and older. And then we got challenged. They're like, why don't you make it 18 and older? And then we're like, we thought about it. And we're like, oh, but but would, would kids that young yeah. be... <laughs> Be what 18 in, year old is like 18, yeah what 18 year old is like oh I want to find my smiley dream like I don't know I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> in my head it just it was like mind-blowing but clearly there's a market out there and I think yeah. at that age it's you're not just looking for a smiley you're probably looking outside of like the smiley context too but you just want to like explore all your supplements yeah and I think and I, they're doing and, it out of curiosity um, more than anything which is fine like we welcome that too so right and yeah and it, it's a pretty big amount a pretty big following of ours is in that age category it's actually like 20 percent. so yeah. I was really surprised about wow. that a lot of young people get discouraged like especially when they're in college and they're smiling they're like well what are the chances of me finding like you know in a smiley partner like I'm in yeah college, especially have- if you go to a school that right. doesn't have a lot of smileys like I did you don't have a lot of smileys you're like well does it really matter like I have all these people yeah. that, are, that are my intellectual equals like why can't I just like be with one of them but just having the confidence and knowing that there is a community out there and like there is a platform like should you go and want in a smiley like it's available that sort of thing that's what we want that's yeah. the kind of confidence we want to inspire in people especially those that are like younger and like you know going into college and this whole notion of like being desperate we want to kind of deconstruct that and like you know show people there's like there's nothing wrong with looking for someone and I feel like Nana and I also really connect that with our sense of feminism like I know a lot of like feminism is kind of linked to being you know super independent and not settling but I think it's equally feminist to want a relationship and to be able to pursue that I think there's something empowering about, yeah, not having to go to your mom to find someone for you, you know, yeah. signing yourself up for a platform and seeing what's out there yourself. It gives you a sense of control in the situation. I like that, though, and um, what you said about feminism. I really strongly believe that it doesn't make you any less of a strong, independent woman if you are open to having a partner. And I feel like this myopic view of independence can be unhealthy and it's important and crucial to deconstruct that so i love that message yeah completely so how did you how did you and nana come up with the questionnaire first the google form and then the revamped website how did you know which questions would truly paint a picture of the person and really help you get to that perfect match so i feel like a lot of the questions like we just we were just thinking about and we just thought what first comes to mind. But then I also have this thing called big talk cards, which are really cool. They basically are like cards that are um, this girl started it to have better conversations with people. So, you know, they're just like supposed to be questions, not necessarily romantically, just like that you could ask people just so, you know, you can have better conversations. And so like we use some of those questions as well. Questions that sort of inspire more like long term thinking, like, for example, what is your next greatest adventure? Or like, how do you measure success? And like, 
questions like those we thought would relate to people as people, but also be good for matching. Yeah, and it was kind of a process of trial and error. So instead of tell us about yourself, that was very open-ended. We changed it to how would your ideal wing woman or man describe you? So that kind of ended up being a lot more successful than the original question. So we learned a lot about just phrasing things well. And then yeah, yeah. that's interesting because even personally, I feel like I wouldn't know what to put about myself. But then when someone's like, how would your friends describe you? And then I'm like, okay, yeah, like my friends say this. this, this. So that's interesting <laughs> that you bring that yeah. up. I feel like yeah, we wanted questions. We wanted questions that like would get people like thinking and like we we benchmarked yeah. against other apps so we looked at like hinge and we looked at all the hinge prompts and mm. we're like oh these are really good because they make you want to answer you know it's not just like yeah. oh now i have to write an essay about myself it's like oh this is this is fun right Swiping right so going off of that i i'm curious do you think there are some questions on your form that are more important than others for matchmaking like are there some questions where the answers have to be aligned yeah, one thing that comes to mind immediately is the deal breakers question. Like, we really want to honor that. So there were times where we'd be like, oh, my God, these are great matches. And like our algorithm was showing that when we were doing this manually. But then and then I remember she's like, oh, but wait, doesn't this person have this deal breaker? And so like, you can know, you tell us what the deal breaker on. question is? Is that a question where you just free form say things that would mm-hmm. not work for you? Okay. Yeah, basically. Um, so, and, you know, yeah for some social habits what are some trends so social habits is one right so i'm assuming that's like drinking and stuff yes so that was one and then religiosity was a big one too people tended to want someone who you know if they go to jamathkin a lot is similar in that way so that was the second big one and then the third big one was political views so if someone is very passionate about politics and is very liberal they want someone generally pretty similar so we incorporated all of those questions into our website algorithm just so that we're taking those things to in- into account. Um, but the Google form was a really good way of just finding out what people want and incorporating that into our website. Okay, and do you think the website is going to continue to be ever evolving and your questionnaire will keep changing? Or do you think you guys have a good set questionnaire that you don't see changing in the future? Oh, definitely. I think it's going to evolve for sure because like partially things that we notice, but also like The way like with machine learning, it's like an algorithm will, you know, keep modifying itself based on the data trends that it sees. And the the way it does that is after each round of matches and matches are released monthly, we ask you for feedback on each of your matches. All of those questions kind of get at what was wrong if it didn't work out and what was good if it did work out. So with that information, the algorithm can learn and hopefully provide better matches. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm really curious how and why you guys chose to stay anonymous. What sparked that decision? So we we chose to stay anonymous um, at first because, well, the reason was twofold. We didn't want people to feel self-conscious about their responses because we realized that we were asking a lot of personal questions and we wanted to get to know them, you know, based on their personalities. We weren't really looking at their names or focused on that or who they were outside of what their questionnaire was. We were trying to really focus on what their responses were. And we, we knew that people would feel more self-conscious if they knew that they were like, oh, Anam and Nana are reading these. Um, so I think that having the an- anonymity was really big. But then the other part of it was just part of the brand intrigue. And we realized it was just so much fun with people trying to figure out who our identities were. And it was just, it was, it just became part of the mystery of the brand, like who are the founders. And so now we have this Instagram challenge to try to get a thousand followers and then we'll reveal our identities. 
Um, and it just it's just to get more traction on our platform. So we also got a fun. lot of really honest feedback, even if it was negative <laughs> that way. So it was kind of smart. Yeah, we got a lot of honest, uh, honest feedback because they didn't know who you were. So they felt more comfortable, you know, telling us like it is. Yeah. And then we were developing our own algorithms, too. And Anam's an accountant. I'm a chemical engineer. So this wasn't really up our alley. We, But it was really cool because we kind of learned along the way and we just kept making it better and better and better. And people kept approaching us to help us with it, too. So, yeah, no, sorry. I want to clarify something also for everybody listening. So when you started out as a Google form, I was under the impression that people would submit their answers. They were free form responses. I never actually interacted with the Google form, but I was under the impression that the responses were free form. And then you guys went through, read the responses and just kind of in a sort of a human way went through and matched them with people that made sense. So you're saying now that it wasn't just that there was like an algorithm involved. Yeah. So like to a certain degree, I feel like we had to, we realized like it was as like the pool grew bigger and bigger, we were like, okay, the the algorithm, like we need some sort of way of organizing all this data and bucketing these people. So what our algorithm did was it took people's ages and sort of tried to like bucket them and give them like an age range of, you know, what they could be matched with. And then it also started factoring in geography more. And so like once we like started factoring and all those things, we were able to narrow down the choices. But even then it was like, we still had to read the responses because we wanted to make sure there was a good personality fit. You know, for example, if you're, if you're interested in learning about something, like one of our questions was like, what do you find intellectually stimulating? And the other question was, what would you like to be more knowledgeable about? So if one person is very knowledgeable on something and another person wants to learn more about this other topic, you know, they would be a good fit. So we tried to like ask questions that would kind of lend to that kind of pairing. Yeah, that makes sense. Using the algorithm to help bucket first and then reading the responses to really make sure that the personality would fit. Yeah, Um, I think just to kind of round it off, we sort of want to know, what have you guys learned about yourselves from creating this platform? What are you going to take away? I know you've built a huge team and created something really special. So throughout all of this, have you learned new things about yourself? And what are they? I think it's given both of us a lot of confidence that we can have a crazy idea and then make it happen. I honestly didn't even really believe in it when we started it. Um, (laughs) I just kind of went along with it because it was funny. And yeah, Anam was just like kind of taking charge of it. And then I kind of saw that people were actually responding and people were actually like depending on us to match them with people and and we we took it very seriously we you know we read all their answers very thoroughly and put a lot of thought into it and then it kind of just grew out of our hands and i know to tell you the story about her match because it's really funny oh yeah <laughs> oh, wait yeah, yeah tell us tell us oh god you guys okay we decided to eventually facetime and we just we started discussing like what have you been doing doing during quarantine i was like uh i was like really hesitating because he didn't know that i was the founder and i had to kind of keep that under you can't be like oh running an entire website like so i I had to be like starting an enterprise (laughs) yeah literally exactly Actually, one of the first few texts he sent me was like, I feel like a fraud now. And then I just like giggled in the inside. <laughs> he had no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part was during the FaceTime, uh, he was like, what do you what do you like to do for fun? What do you what have you been doing during quarantine? Uh, what shows have you been watching? And like, oh I my didn't God. really answer that. And I probably just sounded really boring because <laughs> I couldn't 
tell him what I was up to this whole time. <laughs> so what'd you say? I was like, um, I like talking to my friends, which I had been doing a lot because I mean, yeah, CMS calls. With all that's my not friends. a lie. That's that truthful. A lie. <laughs> I mean, that's not bad. It was smooth. She was kind of smooth. Did it? Are you still speaking to this match? Does he now know? Yeah, he now knows. I told him, and then I explained. I was like, yeah, though, the reason why I couldn't, I didn't have good answers for you is because this is what I've been doing this whole time. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> all, over, all over our website, it says, like, for some of us, matchmaking is a hobby. Like, she couldn't talk about her one hobby. <laughs> that was the reason they were there. Uh, that's yeah. so funny. <laughs> that's a good story. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you both for coming on today, for spending time with us and telling us your origin story. Um, I had so much fun learning about it and really speaking to both of you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.